This is Speaking Out America with JR. Welcome to the program, David Rubin. It's an honor to have you on Speaking Out America. I know that there's a lot of uh, unsettledness going on in Israel. We see it. There's a battle raging between the government and the Supreme Court. What is it that the Supreme Court is doing that is causing the government to react the way that it's doing, trying to curtail their power? Can you kind of give us some insight into that? Well, I'll I'll give you just a bit of background uh, based on the American system, okay, which um, I imagine most of your listeners are more familiar with. In the American system of choosing the Supreme Court, uh, there is a candidate for Supreme Court justice uh, that is nominated by the President of the United States. And then the, uh, so he, he presents it to the Senate, and the Senate confirms that, that candidate or rejects that candidate for the Supreme Court. Uh, in most cases, that, that candidate is confirmed. Now, what's, what's the, the, the good thing about that system? I know there are some people in the United States who criticize it, but uh, the, the main good thing about that system is that over time, the people's will is carried out. Okay, It's the most democratic with a small d system that you could get uh, because uh, the, you have the representative, the, the president, the representative of the people, and you have the other representatives of the people, the Senate, which sometimes may be from the same party as the president, sometimes not. So what you have there is a system that is going to, over time, with changes in government and changes in political parties being in power, uh, you're going to have the people's will reflected in the choice of the Supreme Court. Now, in Israel, the system is not like that. The current system in Israel is that there is a selection committee, and the selection committee has different representatives on it. It has some members of the Knesset of the Israeli parliament. It has a justice minister. Uh, But it also has several members of the Supreme Court on the selection committee. And the chief justice of the Supreme Court has a double vote. And members of the bar are on the Supreme Court as well, and they usually go, they usually vote with the Supreme Court. So as a result of that self-perpetuating system that we have here in Israel, which is really as as non-democratic as you could get, so we have a we have a system here where the Supreme Court is pretty much a very very homogenic homogenic court, a homogenic group of people. Uh, almost everyone almost everyone on Supreme Court lives in North Tel Aviv, which is the bastion of liberalism, and almost everyone on Supreme Court is uh, is descended from European countries if you trace back a couple of generations. And almost everyone in the Supreme Court uh, has, has left-wing views. So that's what needs to be changed. That's the, that's the core of what needs to be changed. There are other things on the Supreme Court where the Supreme Court has taken on, on itself activism. Uh, but uh, rather than just... just uh, interpreting uh, the basic laws, which are like the embryo of the Constitution that we don't yet have. Let me ask you a question, David, and I really appreciate it. I'm soaking all this in. How many members sit on the Supreme Court in Israel? 
Uh, there are, I believe it's 13. Okay. Uh, what, what side is the media in Israel on? Are they on the Supreme Court side? Who's, who's stoking the animosity and the, and the antagonism in the street? C- certainly not everybody in Israel is liberal. No, of course not. Of course not. Israel is, uh, look, the, uh, the conservative government that is currently in power in Israel won the elections about six months ago with a very clear majority. So let me make that very clear from the start. Uh, so, so you have, uh, as I said, the Supreme Court is a self-perpetuating body, and, and it doesn't want to lose that power that it has. It, it has the power to choose itself. That's, that's yeah, the power that that's they, they don't want to give right. up on. It's like uh, uh, we so, have that problem so, over here where we don't have term limits. You just have the same people that are there, and they have the same uh, supporters and constituencies. And after a while, you start seeing that they're not really serving the people. They're serving whatever special interest group. I imagine the Supreme Court in Israel has probably passed laws on LGBTQ and climate change and all of these other things, too. Does it surprise you that the American media is taking the Supreme Court side, that probably doesn't surprise you very much. Uh, no, but the, the Israeli media, media is also taking yeah. uh, that side. And, and, the, and the left, which is headed by, uh, by two former prime ministers, Ehud Barak, yeah. who, who committed many crimes uh, but was never caught, was, was never prosecuted for them, uh, and and Ehud Olmert, who is a convicted con, you know, who is a convict, a convicted criminal. He he spent um, about a year in jail so, for his corruption. So uh, so those two individuals have been the most outspoken. The two Ehuds, uh, Barack and Olmert, who who are both very corrupt individuals. Have have been the the two most vocal uh, in calling for rebellion, and I I emphasize that word rebellion, uh, basically treason against Israel. Uh, they've they've called on soldiers uh, to refuse to report for duty. Uh, they they they've called on uh, people to. Uh, to block major highways and and to block the the roads leading to uh, Ben Gurion International Airport, which right. is Israel's only international airport. I should should point out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a it's a big problem. And yes, the media the media are basically cheerleaders for the left. Uh, there, there there are a couple of. Uh, Notable networks that have appeared in recent years since the media has been opened up a little bit from its socialist roots, and and now and now there so there's Channel 14 for example, and just yesterday at at the protests of the left, uh, the there was a, a Channel 14 broadcaster at the site of the demonstrations and he was physically attacked, and and verbally. Uh, attack continuously while he was trying to broadcast. So uh, th- this is how the the extreme left is. They've always been violent, 
and uh, a lot of name calling and uh, and physical attacks. So you see it happening uh, that's over something here too. That needs to be yeah. stopped. What's the next step? What do you think, Netanyahu? How's he doing? By the way, I heard he fell ill last couple of days. Uh, uh, yes, I believe he's he's bounced back right. and he's doing okay. I always worry about that. Do you have any th- thoughts about provocateurs, outside influences? that have a dog in this race, CIA, well, George Soros? It's, it's not a suspicion, it's a fact. George Soros, well, now it's, I believe, Alex, Alex Soros. Alex Soros, right. Who, yeah. kind of taken over, but anyhow, the Soroses have been supporting the, uh, the New Israel Fund, which is a, a far-left organization, and they've received heavy support from Soros, and they and uh, they they have given support to a lot of these smaller nonprofit organizations, of course, yeah, within Israel that that are, you know, where in which the Palestinians and their terrorist organizations are colluding with the far left, with the radical left in Israel. By the way, if if your listeners want to hear more about uh, that collusion between the far left radicals and the radical Palestinians. Uh, they should read my book, which is Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel. They can just go to davidrubinisrael.com. That's David, good. Perfect. Yeah. David Rubin, R-U-B-I-N, davidrubinisrael.com. Well, I do want to have you back, sir. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, big supporter of what you do and big supporter of Netanyahu and I hope that they can resolve this without any more bloodshed but you know that road probably not likely so we'll see you again David Rubin ladies and gentlemen on Speaking Out America I'm Jim Watkins and we will continue The left is about to hijack this country The Democrats that are in power now are so worried about Donald Trump becoming the president. And I told you this before. They're they're not going to stop at any anything to get this guy. I mean, they're desperate. They see him in the polls. They see him on Maria Bartiromo looking great, answering the right questions. He's got energy. His brain is working and they're scared. They don't want this guy. The deep state are like. Well, it's, you know, uh, I've got some uh, honey honey bee traps. What do they call those? Those boxes where you put the honey uh, bees and then they proliferate and they bring honey, honey. Well, if you ever go near the, if you're a foreign invader and you go near one of these honeycomb beehive things, they start to attack you. First, they'll send out a couple of, you know, bees. I, I guess they would be the sentinels. They go out and they find out what the problem is. And they try to sting you or, or move you away from the hive. And if that doesn't work, then uh, about 10 more of these, these honeybees will show up and they'll start working together. It's amazing how they do it. And the honeybee is the, the honeybee hive is just like the deep state. Anything that upsets the natural order of their existence is going to be met with force, fierce force. And that's what we're seeing happening now with President Trump. January 6th, uh, they call it an insurrection. You know, one man's, you know, they say uh, when you go to a junkyard, one man's junk is another man's treasure. For the rest of the country, we saw it as a bunch of angry voters who felt that the election had been stolen. That's it. And there was good reason to believe it was stolen. But the Democrats, the people that hate Trump, 
They're blinded by their hate. They don't want to know the ugly truth that their side cheated in order to make sure that Trump didn't get into office. And I have people that I love very dearly, the people that are close to me, family members, and they all bought into it because they kept watching MSNBC or they kept watching their favorite CNN and they kept seeing the same imagery, the vulgarity. They they kept taking these clips uh, and, and they must have an archive reel of just clips that they play whenever they want to start talking about Trump, a rotator wheel that just spits out the same trigger images. It's like Pavlov's dog. And if you're sitting there, all of those images will trigger a, a reaction that has now been embedded into you. And you don't believe me. It's not that hard to manipulate human beings. You can do it with sight, sound, lights. Uh, psychologists have figured this out. PSYOPs, specialists for the CIA, figured this stuff out uh, a long time ago. They know how to spin the truth. And if you feel here's – here's a litmus test – If you feel for a moment that you have a rage toward Trump whenever you see his picture, a a real feeling of rage when you see his picture, ask yourself, where did that, where's that rage from? If I had to put words to that rage, where is the rage coming from? It can't just be, oh, he's a, it can't just be an adjective, you know? Oh, he's a jerk. Why is he a jerk? Well, because he, see where your thoughts go. Well, because he did that, because of the Access Hollywood tape, because of the woman that he raped in New York, because because he doesn't like Mexicans. He's a racist. And what you're going to do if you were in a room with 100 other people, what you're going to find is you all basically utter the same four or five things. And those are the four or five things that they drilled into your head. The Charlottesville lie that Biden still pushes out there. This is not good because what it means is that you have been convinced that your government is on your side. And by putting Trump away, they're somehow protecting you from our democracy when the actual opposite is true. Because in the name of fairness, political fairness, it's clear that Biden wants to keep Trump out of office. Maybe that's why he's not. I mean, if Biden wins reelection without a debate, without really facing his opponents, and being able to lock up his rival, his political rival, you're okay with that? As an American citizen, you think that's fair? You think that's right? That you think that there's no no political uh, strategy going on there? Think about what what, what Saddam Hussein did when he took, what was the first thing he did? He purged his government of any opposition. And that's what our government is doing now. It's purging people with these strange, woke dictates. Think about it in the military. It's changed the entire environment because everything is woke. Everything is around LGBTQ issues. And I'm not going to say even, I'm not going to say LGBTQ anymore. I'm tired of it. I've decided I'm just going to say gay. If That's the umbrella term. It's not LGBTQ 10 plus A plus plus 2SE. I mean, they've got now 12 letters. And you have to say them in the right order. Well, screw you. I'm just going to say you're gay. And if you don't like it, screw you. You want to be offended? Gay is a universal term. It means you could be happy. You could be sad. You could be in love with a woman, a man, a dog. It just means that you're gay. You can you can add the subtext, the hyphen. A gay lesbian if you want to. I don't care. But think about how woke. Now they're, they're thinking they just initiated a bill in California, which would eliminate 
a man and woman, husband and wife, the terms husband and wife, because of some crazy assembly person out there who, who thinks it's discriminatory, uh, discriminatory. I'm so offended at that. I mean, really? Husband and wife is now no, no longer a legitimate term because who said so? The government? The government is just going to blight out two words and, and what? And, and after about a generation, we won't know that we are of the opposite sex? Is that the goal is to get us to just think about sex or to think about no sex? No sex, no race. We're all the same equal. Everyone is the same. That's the, that's the uh, that's where the government is going. The United States government. We are all the same, but we're not all the same, are we? You know, we're not all the same. When you are walking home late at night in your neighborhood and you see somebody approaching you, do you think they're the same as you? Are you willing to put your life on it? I mean, just uh, these people have, have got to stop. They're crazy. And, and they're dragging everybody else down with them. There will be a riot. There will be a civil war in this country if they arrest Donald Trump and they prevent him from running from, for a president. There will be shooting in the streets on both sides. And you can almost guarantee that anticipation of the anger, you'll have the Soros back BLM, Antifa, It'll be all hands on deck. You'll have bricks showing up in all these major cities overnight suddenly. Uh, and then the first shots will be fired and then the police will be called in and there'll be martial law. And that's exactly by design. That's exactly what this president wants. And this uh, power structure that is the the permanent state. They're the people that just don't want change. They're, they're the honey hive. They don't want anybody coming in messing around with their pensions or their insurance or their entitlements or their budget, all paid for by the U.S. taxpayer, which is dwindling. We're slowly morphing into a CCP-style governance system here in the United States. It took 20 years to take place in China. There was an early revolution in 1919. It failed, but it gave time for Mao and his followers to regroup and refocus their energies, and they did it slowly just like our deep state is slowly morphing into a progressive democratic hellhole where everything is seen through the eyes of race and gender and class. And there'll be, eventually there'll just be one party. It'll be whatever that party is, the progressive democratic party. I don't know what they'll call it. And they'll rule with an iron fist and they'll turn every one of us into their servants. And there'll be two classes. There'll be the 20% or the 10% that do pretty well. They go to all the colleges and learn groupthink and support the system of whatever that progressive democracy looks like. Just be another name for communism. You'll have the ruling elite, which we have now. And then you'll have the rest of us who are all the equals. We're all the equals now. We're among equals. 